Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a very special show for you today on Energy Matters. I have a co-host, so welcome, Beth. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I was doing my little jazz hands. Yes, I love started. it. <laughs> jazz and shoulders. <laughs> of course. You can't do the jazz hands without the shoulders. Um, and so, so Beth is actually here um, to interview me. Ta-da. I know. I'm super nervous. I do this. I interview people. So it's it's like you said, it's kind of a different hat that I'm going to be wearing today. So I, I am a little bit nervous, um, but I'm, I'm really excited to kind of switch things up a little bit today. Yeah. And you have this amazing new program that you're offering and thinking about Reiki in a whole different way. And so I'm so excited that folks get to hear about it and that I get to hear about it too, because I have some juicy questions for you. Yes. <laughs> so um my name is Beth Pelletieri. I'm really excited to guest co-host with you today. The listeners of the show are usually um, used to hearing you interview. So be, since you're putting on your professional hat, and some listeners might not know too much of what you do, um, except for that beautiful intro, tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. Of course. Um, so uh, I'm a Reiki teacher. Um, some people call, you know, it's a Reiki master teacher as well. Um, I tend not to really use the the master kind of, even though it's 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 a Reiki three. Um, but uh, you know, part of part of that word master just to me comes along with a little bit of ego that people identify around around that word. So I just say, you know, plain and simple, I'm a Reiki teacher. Um, I teach people the technique of using this really really yin very relaxed type of energy work to care for themselves, to care for other people, to take care of their animals. It's really the the ways that we can apply Reiki in the world around us. It's just kind of adding good vibes all over the place, excuse me, all over the place. Um, and I'm also a natural intuitive. So I really teach people a lot about how to use their perceptions to really trust what's going on, those kind of subtle messages that we get and often ignore. Or just get, sometimes we just get that information and we don't think that it's any any big deal. Um, so yeah, so I, I kind of uh, teach uh, those two things in tandem is teaching how to people how to use their natural intuition, and then also to use this, um, this energy practice called Reiki. Okay, very beautiful. And what sort of called you to do that work? Why did you pick up Reiki as a sort of a tool? Yeah, you know, Reiki in a lot of ways... I feel like Reiki found me. Mm. I really, you know, it was funny because it was during a really, really stressful time in my life. I was kind of going through a career change. I used to work in the secondhand and vintage clothing world. And I had just moved um, back from uh, from Hudson, New York, and um, also from New York City. And I was kind of just, you know, not really wanting to um, really be hauling clothes around and, and doing so much washing and repair and all that kind of stuff. And I was just looking for something a little bit different in my life. And, um, 
in between when I was looking, thinking about that career change, um, I landed a really, really stressful job at the time. And I think it was, I think it was somewhere between, you know, drinking way too much coffee and an overabundance of staying up too late with my friends at the bar. And I just was really, really burnt out. And just the, the day-to-day stress that I was experiencing at my job. I was, I just completely burnt out. And, um, you know, all the things that I normally would do, like yoga and meditation just really wasn't maintaining my center. And I, I actually don't think I realized how stressed out I was until after I took that first Reiki course, Mm. because the stress just kind of kept ratcheting up a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, so one day I I had met my first Reiki teacher um, in Brooklyn and it was funny. I just really liked her vibe. She was cool. I put her number in my phone and I forgot about it for five years. For five years, I forgot about it. And I, one night during this, you know, really kind of transitional period for me, I remember flipping through my phone to see who I hadn't talked to in a while. And her number just sprang out of my phone. And I was like, oh, I wonder what Nana Della Plank is up to. And so I, um, I went online, I looked up her website, and I saw that like that upcoming weekend, she was offering a Reiki class. And I, I make really big decisions in my life just because it feels like my heart started beating and I was like, yes, this is, this is the thing. So I, I signed up for that weekend, a Reiki one. I'd never had Reiki in my life. I just met this woman one time for five years ago and that was it. And, um, something about that first weekend, um, you know, it was just really magical. I think that I I just arrived. I just showed up. That was it. I was looking for things to kind of take care of myself, but I had no idea really what it was, how it felt like, the benefits of it, like zero, zero idea. And so when I um, when I actually got my very first Reiki treatment during that weekend, that Reiki level one weekend workshop, I remember Nana Adela Planck had been, she started working on the hand positions over my head, over my eyes, over my neck, my ears, and I remember sitting up after that Reiki treatment. It was probably 20 minutes. I mean, I have no sense of time when I'm in that Reiki space. But after about probably 20 minutes, I sat up and I felt like, you know, that kind of moment where you strike a match and then when the the head is on fire, when you extinguish it and it's still smoking, that's what my head felt like. I felt like she had just extinguished a match. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I didn't realize how how on fire I was. And pretty much after that, I, I went home and I like accidentally quit my job. And then I I just started doing Reiki almost immediately after. I was like, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life. That's amazing. And that was- I love that story, too, because I think the things we're like called to do, we can't miss. Right. Like this five year gap between when you got her her phone number and then like went going to that training not expecting to completely change the career path and sort of who you were and how you showed up in the world yeah such a 
that's such a powerful story. Yeah. And, you know, 10, 10 years later, I'm still doing it. And, you know, it's been a process. It's totally been a process of, you know, overcoming a lot of my own self-doubt. It's not always easy to be self-employed. Um, it really brings up, you know, you're you're fully responsible for everything. So um, no pressure, y- no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. Um, but, you know, the, the amount of joy that this work brings me and centeredness and balance mm. is just, I mean, I still 10 years later, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life. I love that so much. Yeah. So you've said it's been a process. So you're a teacher. You obviously offer Reiki to clients. To patients, clients, clients, yeah, clients. I usually say. Um, and now you have a new process, a new offering that's sort of coming into the fold. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. Um, so I typically work with uh, with people. Usually, a lot of times, people will come and lay on the Reiki table, um, or I also work distantly with people. So, what distance Reiki means is that you can be anywhere else in the world. You could be in Australia. And I can be in the United States and I can send you Reiki, right? It's this kind of idea that we're all connected at any time. And simply by thinking about something, I'm just kind of talking like baseline, simply by thinking about something, we, we make this connection, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's that old adage of like, when the phone rings, you just know that it's your sister, Right. Or you just you were just thinking about somebody else and then the phone rings and then you're like, oh, my gosh, I was just thinking about it. You, you make that connection. We have these um, these kind of very um, subtle ways that we connect with the world around us that we often forget, but it's still there. So the work that I do now, um, so on top of the distance Reiki that I do, um, I've actually started working within um, our homes for people. So now I'm working a lot with Um, basically assisting people during the moving process, whether you're selling your home, whether you've just moved into a new place, and helping to assist to clear the space so it feels more welcoming, more like a home, and it doesn't have any kind of disjointed energy. The same way that like when our body is feeling a little bit off, if our like shoulder is pinched, or if something is just kind of feeling a little funky in our in the space that's our bodies, um, I kind of basically do um, a, a Reiki series that adjusts the energy within the space so that we don't have any of those kind of like weird funky areas in the house that kind of make us feel a little just unwelcome or off or unsettled. Very cool. I love this so much. And I think so often when we're in spaces that have been habitated by other people, there's sort of a need to make them our own, Um, not to get rid of the old, but to sort of absorb it and make it, I don't know, a piece of ourselves, Um, whether that's picking out paint colors or now um, doing some energy work. so you t- sort of did this beautiful comparison of things in the house that might be funky and similarly in our bodies, things, places we're holding stress or like a tinge, uh, like a pinched shoulder or something. It, how does working with um, the home feel similar or sort of different than working um, on our bodies? You know, it's completely different. I mean, it's the same process, right, of the connection of me intuitively seeing what's going on and, um, you know, assisting the movement of energy. However, it's just a totally different world. So, you know, when you think about the home, yes, of course, it's, you know, there's walls, there's a ceiling, there's roof, there's a foundation, but most of a house is empty space. Mm. 
you know? And so when I'm working with a house, I'm really looking into these different areas where, you know, a house is a literal container for our lives. So have you ever walked into a room after somebody has not been feeling well and it kind of, it just, you're like, open a window, you know, there's some kind of like lingering stuff and, and maybe, maybe there's some germs in there. Maybe there's just like some kind of, you know, some sickness in the air. I, I don't know that like scientifically what that space is, but you know, when somebody's kind of been in there or even at the end of life where somebody has passed away in a room, sometimes it just kind of feels, you know, people grieve, and that can hold into a space. So sometimes it's it's more than just opening a window or more than just burning a little sage to clear it. There's some kind of deeper stuff that actually needs to move out. And that's a little bit of the type of work that I do. So it's definitely more, um, you know, the the emotional, um, sorry, the the physical of the physical side of our physical body is is very different than a big open space. Yeah. No, thank you. That's really beautiful. And I think you're you're the analogy with the sick person. We can all like feel what that feels like when you're feeling sick and, and sort of you're feeling better even and you just need to sort of open the windows and sort of air that out. Um, and so with any house, there's so much extra history um, and so many more layers of that. Yeah. So how would you work with someone um, if they were sort of I'm imagining a listener who's like intrigued by what we're saying and has that feeling maybe in a in a room of their house or um, has an impending move that they're they're planning for how would they imagine working with you um, in this way yeah so um so it's a it's a distance reiki program so especially during covid times there's no house visits it's all done through the phone you know, so basically, um, it's a it's a series of three distance Reiki sessions. Usually, the sessions are an hour. Sometimes they run an hour fifteen. But essentially, um, during the kind of scheduled time, um, I give you a call. I chat about you know what's going on with you. We kind of just find out you know like is it a particular room? Is it there? Is there a creepy basement? Um, have you guys been having a really hard time? You know, since you moved into this new place, sleeping, that's really common. Are the kids a little extra fussy or clingy to you? You know, there's all these kind of dynamics that happen within a house. Sometimes it's within the family dynamic. Sometimes it's within the space. There's all kinds of things that can shift that can affect us when we're in that house. So um, basically, uh, we set up the uh, during the kind of scheduled time, we have this kind of little mini consultation, I just find out what's going on for you. And from there, I hang up the phone, I tell you that I'll call you back in about an hour, hour 15, usually I can kind of tell you exactly when I'll call you back. And then from there, I, I do the work myself. During that time, you kind of know that you're getting Reiki, the house is getting Reiki, so you can do something nice for yourself, you can go for a walk, you can, you know, cook a meal, put on some chill music, you can take a nap, whatever, anything that feels kind of like just recognizing that you're getting a Reiki session at that time. And then when I call you back, I just give you a little debriefing um, and, you know, kind of letting you know, like what what shifted, um, what areas, any kind of recommendations that I can offer into that space as well. Sometimes it's it's so bizarre, some of the stuff that comes through, but sometimes people's sleeping habits that have been thrown off can be shifted by literally moving their bed like like three feet to the left or something like that. So they're in people are like, you're right, I don't know why that helped, but I'm sleeping really, really well now. 
So I know it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. But, you know, we have energy pathways and energy channels all around us at all time. You know, people, there's a common understanding that throughout the body, we have meridians, right? That we have chakras. The home has energy centers, just like our bodies do. So me kind of just moving some of that energy around, um, sometimes it's just a matter of uh, making sure that things are in the right places. And, you know, it's it's not usually like minuscule things like, oh, turn the penguin like six degrees to the left. It's like, no, it's, it's usually, um, number one, it's always related to what your concerns are. And two, it's always about creating a balance and a harmony to achieve the thing that you want. I yeah. love that so much. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And having experienced it, I can... Yeah, I can feel it in my bones. I would love to hear your sort of take on ghosts. And I'm going to share a little bit. When we bought our house, um, you know, I have three kids. And when we bought our house, the woman who had lived there, I immediately felt sort of a connection with her. And I used to sort of call on her. They had four kids in the house. And so I used to call on her when I was struggling with a parenting moment. And she's actually buried across the street at the cemetery. So like we could visit, we like I would visit her. Um, and so I guess I just, yeah, your perspective on both sort of the ghosts, the spirits that we don't always need in our house, um, but also the ones that we're kind of um, forming a kinship with. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, they're, we're surrounded by spirits at all times. They're not all, you know, exorcist style, um, you know, here to cause harm. You know, very, 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 very few are coming in capacities like that. So, you know, when we're talking about you know, spirits that have crossed over, that we make a connection with, that we feel a bond with, whether it's a family member, whether it's an ancestor, somebody that we didn't know, but we maybe saw their photo and we're just like, oh, I don't know what it is, but I just really feel connected. Um, you could always call on those people, you know, especially I think people, you know, who have lost, um, you know, a mom or a dad, like they talk about how like they can, they'll talk to them. And sometimes you know, sometimes people will be honest and be like, yeah, I feel like they talk back, you know, or like, I'll see a butterfly and I'll know that that was that person, you know. So people have these kind of very subtle relationship with spirit that they don't always discuss because um, it's sometimes a taboo topic because you don't want to get somebody raising an eyebrow at you. Um, but typically, I mean, my job is all about the esoteric and about, you know, these kind of subtle. So I'm, I'm always the person to be like, so let me tell you all about what I did today, <laughs> you know. Um, so there's always spirits that we can call on, right, and kind of invite them for guidance or just kind of that, that energetic support. They usually just kind of ha like visit us and just beam love towards us. It's sort of their way of just saying like, honey, I love you. You're doing a great job. Just keep it up. You know, that it's usually just a vibrational, you know, when you leave the physical body, you just become a vibration, right? Um, there's other times where we have um, ghosts ha that haven't successfully or fully crossed over, Right. So they haven't um, been able to leave their association. Uh, they're kind of they still have a, a foot in the physical world, even though they've left their body. Maybe, you know, this is something that I think people experience if they um, have ever been to um, like Gettysburg or these old kind of battlegrounds, sometimes just for like, you know, these spirits don't even realize that they died or they're kind of stuck in this loop. 
So there, there's come sometimes that kind of stuff that happens. And this is, I'm just going to say, this is a very, very, very broad topic. So some of these things that I've kind of mentioned are um, it just the tip of the iceberg. I am by no means an expert on these things. You know, mediumship is something that I, and when I say mediumship, um, I mean that like, you know, basically being able to connect with, um, with spirits who have crossed over. That's not my specialty, although I have a little bit of a background in that. Um, but yes, so so they exist. And so sometimes when a spirit has has died at home very suddenly, or if they just if there's something a little bit unresolved, or for any number of reasons, they might still be hanging around. So you know, sometimes people can get a little bit concerned. Like I remember one of um, my coworkers, she used to see uh, on her baby monitor, she would see these little like orbs of light, which if you've ever seen any of those like ghost hunter shows, they're like, oh, there's an orb of light. That's the spirit. That's a ghost. You know, they kind of use that as a tracking moment. Um, and, you know, for all of you who are saying like, oh, this is all nonsense. That's totally fine. You don't have to believe anything. Um, you know, this just, it just is what it is. Um but basically, uh, you know, so she would always see these little orbs of light and she got really freaked out because it was like her daughter who's like already having a hard time sleeping and she's very sensitive. And so, you know, but when I connected with that, it was just like, this is just your mom who's passed away. She's just coming in to like visit her grandbabies. You know, that it was just that's that beautiful. Yeah, it was just that simple. So sometimes people kind of feel like, oh, there's some kind of like, you know, I'm seeing this. I'm a little unsure about it. My like kiddo who's like teething and isn't sleeping well right now and I'm seeing this so sometimes there's just some fear around the spirit world you know it's it can be very mysterious it can feel very because it's unseen it can be very fear inducing for people um and then you know there's other times that you know the the spirits sometimes have um kind of pathways and maybe if you're a really intuitive person it's like seeing um like you know, the way that I understand it is that when spirits who need a little assistance from people who are still physical, it's like a lighthouse. So your your kind of light is like, they're like, oh my gosh, like that's that person I can communicate with. So sometimes if you're a little extra sensitive, you know, they might kind of go out of their way to be like, hey, can you help me with this thing? I just have this message that I need to like, I need just need this help, like, a little help with this person, with this thing. And as part of the Reiki home offering, are you sort of then... A person who could help with that message delivery or help with that transition? Either help with the delivery, but usually my objective is to just like assist them, get what they need, that spirit needs, and get them out of there. Because typically it's disruptive to people who are really sensitive. If you're really empathic, if you kind of are having, you know, if you're going to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you have kind of like a shadowy figure that pops out and their intention might just to be like, say hello and to be like hey you know but for you that's like might be really really intimidating or that might feel really scary and just like I just need to use the bathroom in the middle of the night I don't need to be like you know I don't need to be seeing spirits right now I don't need an extroverted ghost (laughs) (laughs) exactly so typically my objective is to um to assist the kind of helping of that spirit get out of there So if you had like a, you know, an empathic person or a sensitive person listening to this and they're trying to discern if they should like, so they're interested, 
did and they maybe do have a personal Reiki practice that they do um, with a provider, how would they know whether or not to like maybe book a home clearing appointment or to sort of see seek personal uh, Reiki work? Sort of how would you, how do they interplay together or how would you know sort of which one you might, might be a better fit for you unless they should just call you and you'll tell them but yeah for our listener yeah absolutely um well if somebody has some stuff that's going on personally for them like if they have a tricky relationship if work is really stressful if they're kind of going through a transitional time where you know somebody's been feeling a ton of anxiety and so they're like just like everyone right now yeah basically but it, if you're like i'm totally done with mm-hmm. this anxiety and i'm like i really want to shift into a different way of being awesome that's for that's for let's get regular reiki sessions if you have just moved into a new house um, and, you know, it's just like every time you go into the basement, you're like, I don't want to be down here. There is something that is extra, extra uncomfortable about this space. Um, if you have moved into a new place and your sleep is super, super disrupted, whereas maybe you haven't experienced that much st- like sleep problems in the past um that is a huge thing that let that would be a reason to get um basically to get a a reiki distance reiki for your house series um but yeah it it, right now um the easiest kind of way is like if you have just moved into a house or if or a new apartment or if you're trying to sell your house and it hasn't been leaving the market for a long time I can kind of do some do some magic behind the scenes and and make that uh, make clean up the energy that it's in that space. Very cool. Um, what so we've been talking about houses or places where you live that have energy. What about new construction? I keep thinking about like if you had a new construction place or you're the first person in it or maybe there was a lot of work done, so you feel like the new first person in this brand new kitchen. Yeah, what kind of energy does that carry? You know, I never know what the energy itself is going to look or feel like until Mm -hmm. I'm connecting with it. Um, But one, I'm always working on the land. So we know that not all not all properties you know the the land itself shifts and moves and adapts and has been farmed and has long histories and you know our planet is very very polluted so there's lots of reasons that the land itself might need some energetic healing um but also you know when i'm looking at a house i'm also connecting with the spirit of the house the spirit of the house is kind of like, it's like the personality of the house. And that's really who I'm saying hello to first and foremost. You know, so it's it's like every house has a different personality. When I, I lived in this very old 1800s uh, farmhouse and up in Waitley, and it was when I connected with the spirit of the house, it was like this young woman who had a very long dress on. And whenever she would twirl, I could see how dirty her dress was. And from there, basically for like the year and a half that I lived there, my energetic job, how I viewed it was to help clear the energy of the house. And, you know, I I got to the point where I was, and I don't know what that dirt represented necessarily. I was just working on the space of the house. But I was able to clean up most of her dress or whatever that was. But there were still some patches that were not – I wasn't able to fully heal. But that was like a, a year and a half of me working on a very, 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 very old house. Um, and, you know, also that I had a vested interest because I lived there. And, um, you know, I there was just a lot of like 
there is a lot of energies moving into that space. And whenever I felt like I was settling down, especially at night, I just was constantly bombarded by a lot of like spirit traffic. And I was like, I'm not into this. I need to resolve this. Um, but other times when I've connected with spirits, um, the, like the spirit of the house, um, it's, you know, it's such a, it's such a variation. Uh, when I worked on my aunt's house, for example, she has another, um, she lives up in Vermont and also has another very, very old house, but that house felt like it was a very dignified woman who felt like she just wanted to offer her graciousness and her gratitude towards my aunt and her husband who had taken really well, like really good care, really maintained a lot of the integrity of the, like the history of the house. Um, so that spirit of the house was like very, very happy and content and just wanted to kind of express its gratitude. So it's, you know, they're all so different and they're not, they're not coming in a place of, you know, being gnarly little gremlins or anything. They're, they're usually, it's just like, this is the personality of the home that we're living in. I love this personification of the house um, so much because it really just gives you such a clear, vivid idea of, I don't know, who your home is, especially when you were talking earlier about the how our bodies have meridians and chakras, and that's something we're really comfortable talking about. And I don't know, yeah, just between the sort of personality and metaphor of the house, but also then the meridians of our home and the centers of our home, it just, I don't know, it feels it feels really special that you can sort of connect with that space um yeah yeah it is it is really you know and it it does feel very sacred and it does feel really special and you know i think i think that's what it's all about like we all want to feel comfortable at home that is where we close our eyes and rest and you know that's that's the time that's for ourselves and our animal companions and for our family and where we cook our meals and you know everything is in the home and you know i think I think sometimes it's easy to understand these kind of concepts of like, oh, my bedroom is really messy because like I'm feeling a little chaotic and out of control right now. So kind of with this like simple moment of like, oh, you know what? Cleaning helps me center myself. Cleaning helps me calm down. It's the same thing, but just on a larger scale. It's like all those kind of subtle things that you're experiencing, not just on a day to day, but like week to week, month to month, you know, like relationship to relationship, all that stuff, all those energies are sitting in that space. And so it's like, why not just clear it, just move it, you know, let yourself have some some spaciousness and some some place to just really be able to like decompress and just be yourself. I love that, especially right now when we're spending so much time at home to sort of have the opportunity to to include your house in the conversation maybe about how your you know your offices or your sleeping or all these things that are sort of such a you know it's not like we're operating in lots of different spaces right now we're really staying in one space most of the time yeah um and it's functioning in all these different aspects aspects of our life like our our work life is all of a sudden at home yeah you know it's everything is is in one place yeah yeah and i love getting the house's sort of perspective on that is really cool yeah i mean everything typically things want to be in balance you know i mean we know that if we have you know an overabundance of deer one year that like wolves and coyotes come back, you know, a little bit stronger. And we know that when we have like too many acorns that like 
you know, the deer, we, we're not going to have all these different trees growing up, but like that becomes food. So there's kind of always these natural balances that happen in their own way. Things don't necessarily want to like explode without some kind of, you know, kind of uh, tapering back. So it's it's kind of a natural progression to be able to like clear that space and then, you know, reset. And so it's it's the same thing in the house. It's like, you know, sometimes opening a window and giving a vacuum can be that reset and that moving of the energy. Um, but it, it's just all about finding a little bit of health and balance in our own, not letting our, our brains take over for too long. Beautiful. I love that. Um, but, but Beth here has experienced uh, the home clearing. So Beth, I would love to know what you, it was a long time ago and the programs did look a l- little bit different. My, my home clearings have, have evolved from a very, long process I actually instead of a a three session distance Reiki uh, clearing I actually used to do about between 16 and 20 hours per house so when and I was doing I decided um, that I was going to do 18 houses house clearings and um, and I was like I have no idea what I'm walking into I have no idea what the energetics of any space is gonna I, I was like this is a fresh a fresh thing for me Um, so I basically reached out to my circle of family and friends and I said, would you be interested in doing this? So the problem, the, uh, not the problem, well, the problem was that, you know, 20 hours of, of work per house was a bit much. Um, but I did get through all 18 houses and I learned a lot. Uh, but, but the, uh, but what do you, what do you remember about me doing your house at the time? Um, this was probably a a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago now. I just, I remember you wrote such um like it's funny i'll have to look back at it um in greater detail now you are so specific i was like really impressed with both how specific it was about different parts of the house and you of course asked what i wanted worked on or what i noticed in the house um and i remember sort of being like astonished by the specificity of your feedback on the house and sort of and also things i hadn't picked up on but then noticed once you had done your work um, in the home. Because you're a very intuitive person. I am a pretty intuitive person. And our house is, I have a 1960s like ranch, which then has like some modern things going on in it. Um, And so I was like really intrigued when we were talking about this personification of the house. Like, like it really made me want to like go home and sit with my house and be like, all right, like, who are you? And sort of go back both to your notes and do some of my own intuitive work um, about sort of what my house wants to say yeah you know any anybody anybody can sit down and meet the spirit of their house you know if you go through and you kind of um you know get yourself into like a nice zone maybe clean up the space a little bit you know if your if your space is you know like super like if you just have a lot of clothes and stuff everywhere just give it a little a little cleaning if you can and just kind of sit down and close your eyes and everybody's going to kind of you know, if, if you have practice doing uh, with visualization, this might come really easy to you. If you feel like, oh, I just sit down and close my eyes and connect with this, with setting the intention to connect with the spirit of the house, you know, you, you might have to kind of allow yourself to trust a little bit of the things that come to you or just be okay with like, I said hello and I made that connection and I don't necessarily feel like I got anything back you know, any information or any connection back. 
But if you are comfortable with any kind of visualization work, you can basically just sit into the center of um, either your kitchen or wherever you kind of feel like the heart of your home is. So that could be your living room, that could be in your kitchen, that could be in your dining room, wherever you really feel like you spend quality time in that space. And from there, you set the intention within yourself, closing your eyes, taking some nice deep breaths. If you want to kind of make it special, you can light a candle. And essentially, you just sit and you say to yourself, I want to connect with the spirit of the space. And I just want to say, thank you. And you can kind of let any images pop into your mind. And you just say hello. And thank you for welcoming me into the house. You just connect using your mind. You just imagine that you're having this conversation with a friend, just like who's sitting across the coffee table. And you say, thank you for allowing me. And you can imagine that that person, that spirit of the house is sitting across the table from you. Or you can just kind of go ahead and just express your gratitude for the space, for the things that you really enjoy about this house. And you can also ask them questions if you've kind of felt like you've made that connection or if you feel like you've gotten any visualizations back. And you can say, is there anything that you want me to know? Is there anything that I could um, help you with? And you just allow that information to return to you. So very, very, very much is in the space of the imagination. When we're doing intuitive work, I always talk about the imagination is the stage. So when I say that the imagination is the stage, it's how we perceive the world. You know, we talk a lot about um, the third eye sort of being this intuitive center. And while it very, very much is an intuitive center, when you close your eyes, allowing that visualization to show you either through metaphor or literally what's going on and then trusting that you can move energy you can connect with different things that's a platform for spirit energy to come through as well whether it's ancestors or loved ones who have passed that's how every intuitive psychic medium everyone works through that space of the imagination it's not just things that your subconscious is making up sometimes it's that's there too Sometimes we can get into those spaces a little bit more through dream work. There's a lot of different ways. But even if you think about it, like where do dreams take place? Yeah. You know, so um, so that's something that you guys can kind of go home and, and practice and um, and explore. And then if you do kind of get any visualizations, just write it down in your journal, you know, just like title it like meeting of the spirit of the house, you know, show what images you, that came up for you and write anything down, any kind of conversations that you had. That was gorgeous. Yeah. I felt like the whole energy in here just shifted as you sort of led us through that. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's really fun work when you start to yeah. um, to delve into it. it. There's a little bit of trust if you're like, I don't know what just happened. I thought I saw this fedora, but... You and know. your listeners might not know this about you, but you are sort of a master at really beautiful guided meditations. Well, thank you. That's, that's all channeled work. Well, that's... It's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, actually, too. I, when you were saying kitchen or living room, I was sort of imagining that in my own home. And I realized the heart of my house is actually the hallway where all the bedrooms interconnect. Oh, that's so like That's where we sit or play or, like, wind up, right? So it's just, I don't know, it allows you to, like, even identify with 
gratitude, new places in your house that maybe go unnoticed, yeah. but you actually feel such a kinship to that space. Yeah. And you know, if, if you're, if that space of the hallway where the bedrooms are being like, okay, this is the heart of the house. Like what, what do I want to have in this hallway that makes this mm. feel like the heart? Ooh. Like maybe it's your favorite runner. Yeah. Maybe it's some, um, some photos of like you and your family line. You know, there, there's all kinds of ways that you can use the heart of the house to really um, represent all the things that you love. That's awesome. Yeah, I got it's funny how you as you talk, I like get other intuitive hits on like, oh, what we should do or what what's coming up. So it's very cool. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really, really beautiful work when you start connecting and recognizing that your house is like, maybe not like a breathe. I mean, it is breathe. Houses breathe. Like any person who's ever built a house will talk to you about like the importance of airflow, like insulation versus airflow. Like you don't want things too sealed, like, like houses physically breathe, but also they are these like living magical creatures that are sort of like representing the space that we are like holding our lives and our thoughts and our emotions and our relationships and you know there, there's so much magic in in homes and I just I don't know Maha. I know I love it it's, yeah. it's just great you know so every time I get to work with people's houses you know it's it's kind of like it's almost just like meeting a new friend you that's know that's awesome yeah absolutely. that's beautiful oh thank you and I feel I like feel you know it's palpating in here yeah. as in the studio <laughs> as well um so in addition to this gorgeous offering of doing home Reiki work, um, what else do you have coming up? Well, um, I am still seeing clients uh, since we kind of were uh, let back out. I, I do still have people in my office. Um, I teach Reiki. I teach Reiki level one, two, and three. Uh, my Reiki level one and my Reiki level two both are eight week classes. So a lot of times uh, Reiki classes are taught over a weekend um, and you learn a ton of information and then you basically go to bed Sunday night and you're like crashed out because you're just like, ah, I'm so relaxed. I'm so tired. I just soaked up too much. Um, So over the eight weeks, you really get a chance to like practice, go home, forget everything, come back into the space, learn a little bit more. So I really kind of stretch out um, those those Reiki level one classes and those Reiki level two classes. Um, so yeah, but and I teach individually. So, um, you know, whenever people are ready to learn some energy work, learn how to um, deal with kind of being a sensitive empath or a highly sensitive person in this world. Um, I teach a lot of kind of just skills to help us move energy and self-care is really what it's all about. Yeah. Which we all need these yeah. days. Self-care and just like loving, loving on people around us. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, I always say, you know, that like, you know, empaths are, I mean, because you're like, typically people who are so, so sensitive, they always want to help other people. And like Reiki is an amazing way to get into helping other people. But it's funny because you end up doing so much work for yourself during that time. So it's, you know, it's it's a really, really great way to it, it kind of, I don't want to call it a double edged sword, but that's, you know, it's you know, when you start spreading love around yourself, it benefits you so deeply. That's delightful. Yeah. So since you're seeing people in your office um, with the pandemic, how what would people expect? I guess what, what should they, yeah, could you just walk us through what to expect? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, basically keep your mask on the whole time. I keep my mask on the whole time. Um, everything is fully disinfected in between clients. 
you stay fully dressed during sessions anyways, but everyone always gets new sheets. I've got um, the window open. There's a fan going to really circulate airflow. Um, but essentially, it's it's a very simple process. You come in, you um, you tell me what's going on, I kind of ask a few questions, and then you lay on the table and get to zone out for the hour. And then afterwards, we I kind of tell you what what kind of came up and what went down what went down during that last hour and sometimes it's a guided meditation so sometimes it's about actually understanding what you witnessed during that time Mm. too lovely yeah um and how can folks reach you if they have questions about the home clearing program or if they're interested in taking a class or signing up for just any of your offerings yeah um so basically everything's on my website so if you go to reiki northampton.com um that has the um the you know reiki for moving is what i call it on my website reiki for moving um but that has a place where you can see my classes and that's also a place where you can also get the radio archives so if you've listened to this show this episode or any other episodes in the past where where we've interviewed beth and you might be like oh like i want to learn more about Beth Pelletieri, then we'll go and, you know, the, those episodes are, are posted. Um, so everything's on to on ReikiNorthampton.com. Awesome. So is there any question about your home offering program that I didn't ask you that you sort of just have a thing you'd like to share? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it never hurts to offer your home some love, you Mm. know? So if you kind of have your own way of offering, you know, your house some love, whether it is, you know, like fixing that, you know, leaky faucet, or if it's, you know, giving the house a good clean or getting a new roof or just simply sitting down with a, a candle and saying like, thank you, you know, like, thank you. There's so many ways that we can express our gratitude You know, whether it's acts of service, whether it is, you know, kind of, you know, kind words, whatever it is, just that simple expression of saying, I'm doing this for the house, Mm -hmm. you know, it it really does make a huge impact. Um, You know, it's, we're, we're living in these things, so all the time. Yeah, that's beautiful. (laughs) What's your favorite way of showing your apartment some love? You know, I I'm constantly offering Reiki in the space, and um, I think that I mean I have a nice little altar that is that I set up, um, and and just having some some kind of good vibes, keeping the space like calm and clear and relaxed is and using it like using the rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, I have I have one room that um, just has like my desk and a carpet in it, and every time it's so big and it's so empty, and I'm just like. Sometimes I sit in the room and I'm like, okay, like, what does this room want to be? Yeah. Does it tell you? Um, it it just, yeah, it does still want to be an office, but I have to zhuzh it up. <laughs> I really do need to, like, make it a little bit more heartfelt. So Beautiful. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Any last words of wisdom uh, off for the universe before we close out try reiki (laughs) yay (laughs) yeah it's lovely everybody and their sister does reiki now and every practitioner works a little bit differently so just because you maybe didn't love it from one person try it from somewhere else it really has such powerful effects to for our mental health for really balancing our physical bodies so give it a try it doesn't doesn't hurt um but thank you so much bath for um thank you this was a blast i know i know i'm really excited for all the upcoming interviews that we're gonna have together ditto yes so have a great weekend everyone and be well